Welcome back to Bold as a Fact. My name is Brett English. I'm Ryan Rotego. And we've got another special guest tonight, another bold man, John Littler, qualified psychologist, preacher, and counsellor. A man of all talents, to be honest with you. He's, um, how would you describe the man? Um, very intelligent man, very well articulated. Um, he knows what he's talking about. and. Um, the way that he speaks about God is kind of like a way that kind of pulls you, like it's attractive, mm. like it's yeah. it's like one of those things where like you you see someone speak about God and faith and love with so much passion. You feel that, it. That you feel it. You, you know, believe it, yeah. yeah. You feel it and you believe it and it kind of gives you a little bit of hope mm. and it gives you a little bit more faith. That's one thing yeah. he did bring in and he talks about that is like, he brings hope. He brings hope, He asks yeah. people if they've lost hope and it helps them build that back up again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you guys, enjoy Stick the show. Around, yeah. <laughs> we're definitely that out. Mm. Qualified psychologist. Qualified psychologist. But I can't call myself a psychologist yeah. because of the COVID, all of that stuff. Okay. I've actually resigned from APRA. Oh, wow. Because they put the screws on us back in February that we have to tow the government narrative. Mm. Now, for me, um, I'm trained to question you know, to ask questions. So when someone says, you can't do that, mm. I'll go, oh, how come? Yeah, that's what, fair enough. Or, or, what, who said, what for? Like, so, yeah, and it was just like, you, if you don't uh, tow the position uh, statement that we have on COVID that uh, goes with the government narrative, yeah. then you can be deregistered, you can be fined, you can get into trouble. So, okay, fair so enough. every, um, every medical and allied health professional, mm. chiropractor, physio, whatever, you, medical practitioner mainly, um, they cannot give you their honest view or opinion or they have to toe the line. Mm. So when they say in, rega in relation to go and talk to your doctor to get his opinion or her opinion, you're, going, you're only going to get the position that the government's got on it so they're going to tell you yeah look there's rare things but you know everything's fine everything's good whereas then you know, i didn't really want to get into this but then you get all the other information from you know it's from outer space and we're going to have an alien attack next year to are oh, there's some pretty hard evidence out there that maybe there's some risk in taking the vaccination well absolutely I mean, my, my stance. We've got into it already, haven't we? <laughs> we've got into it already, yeah. Welcome back to Bold as a Fat Guys. I've got a special guest, a good friend of mine, John Littler, qualified psychologist, teacher, coach. He was my mental health teacher for a period of time. Yes. And mm -hmm. um, he's come to join us. Also, a man of God who I would call a preacher, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You bring the word of God yeah. to life. Yes. And you did that even out of a religious setting, yes. which was good, yeah. and I appreciated that yeah, at yeah, the time. No, that's great. Appreciate that. And um, you just started a new business. Uh, so, yeah, uh, part of my uh, business is a company called Triumph Over Trauma. So mm -hmm. uh, coming through my own lived experience of childhood trauma um, and the training and everything that I've done over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Triumph Over Trauma is what I've... And that comes out of uh, the Richards Trauma Process, which is a really unique um, process that in th within three sessions, people with, you know, PSTD and anxiety, yeah. depression, it, oh, it's wow. getting amazing results. Is it sort of like a one-on-one -on -one therapeutic coaching um, setting or how? how yeah, it's, it's, it make, it's consists of three two-hour sessions. Okay. Um, it's using a lot of neural psychology, so mm. uh, 
and it really does get into the um, uh, amygdala, where the that the reptilian brain, the reptilian talk about? brain. <laughs> so it's it's the latest, yeah, science wow. in all of that, and and using. So one of the things that I really love is that we have this faculty called imagination. Mm. Everyone uses it every day. Yeah. Yet, to me, it's a gift that God has given us. Yeah. Because without the imagination, we don't have faith or hope. We can't imagine Christ on the cross. You know, we can see pictures of it. We can't imagine the life that he had. So we use our imagination every day, all of this. Yeah. Now, most people use their imagination for fearing the worst. Mm, that's like one way. That's like one that. way you can use your imagination, or one way we can do it for creating and imagining, you know, the best and and, and creating that way. But using the the faculty of the imagination, it's called dynamic re reimagining. Yeah. And uh, so there's three processes that you go through. It's pretty intricate to describe. So I do a one hour presentation where I run people through and explain exactly what it is and how it works mm. and at the end of that do a test on how vividly they can imagine so imagining isn't observing yourself or observing at a distance it's actually you're actually in it and you're experiencing it so for example we run people through um, imagine cutting a lemon yep you, you, you relax and, and you know you, the juice is running and you can smell and then you take it up and you take a bite of it mm. and if you're relaxed and you're really imagining it you start to salivate and you can see people pulling back from wanting to eat it oh, um, wow. in, through so the, the thoughts of that powerful becomes the imagination is that yeah. powerful imagination yeah 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 wow and and in reality like people do imagine th things and physiologically they experience things from what they imagine mm. and so one of the things that I often ask people is how often have you imagined uh, something, uh, being convinced within yourself that you're right and it's going to happen, and then to find out that it didn't? <laughs> and you've got yourself all worked up. You've even yeah. had the you know the argument all there. You, yeah, what yeah, you're going to say, what they're going to say, and you find yourself all you know tense, and you walk in and it isn't anything like you imagined. You're just stuck in a loop of your own yeah, thoughts. Yeah, stuck in a loop of your yeah. own thoughts. And so, you know, that's where self-awareness comes in and being aware of what you are creating mm. in your own mind. And what's triggering that if you don't do it consciously. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So, are you, were you a, practic a practicing psychologist at one point? Like yes. taking clients one-on-one, -on -one, that yes, sort of thing? Yes, so m my background really um, started in late 80s. Yeah. I uh, knew I had a brain, <laughs> loved people, loved working with people, um, and, I, and I wanted a piece of paper <laughs> to yeah. prove that I was, you know, capable of doing more than driving forklifts and, and trucks and buses and stuff like that. So I went back to university and did my um, four years, did my honours degree, nice. loved doing research, went and started work uh, initially with the Alcohol and Drug Authority, okay. and uh, back then they just opened up the Moore Street Clinic. I think it's called step one now um so i was part of that whole bob hawk's daughter was a heroin addict oh, uh, wow. he gave a million dollars for getting you know rehab set up so that wow. other people could help so i was part of that That's managed awesome. holyoke uh client services for a while but after about five or six years working in the alcohol and drug area mm. uh, he, I, you know it was kind of like i cut my teeth and i wanted to move on yeah, um, well, you carry a lot, don't you? I mean, energetically. I mean, yeah, you do, and it's a, it, it looks, it's a it's it's an area that's really demanding, and mm. um, 
sometimes you don't see the reward for the effort that you put in. Mm. Um, you, hopefully, you know, if clients uh, are able to get well, mm. you don't want to see them again. <laughs> but um, you know, and that's the but whole, you see them again the more often idea. than not, right? Yeah, there was a bit of a you know a loop around it. But what was the most um, what is the most dangerous drug that you've seen that had the most nastiest consequences on people? I look, I think when things moved from uh, heroin, methadone program, and then the HIV AIDS came, uh, what I saw was the transition into amphetamines and speed, mm. and just seeing that amphetamine psychosis and people yeah. really flipping out. And the, and, and the struggle between, is this a mental illness? So I'm going back in the, in the 90s, mm. the late 80s, 90s, um, the, there was a kind of a debate and a struggle between, well, no, they belong in the mental uh, uh, health side, mm. not in the alcohol and drug side. So there's a definite wall there. Yeah. And now over the years, it's been brilliant the way there's dual diagnosis. And so it's, we, we yeah. realise you're either using drugs to uh, help you manage your mental health problem okay. or you're using drugs and you've developed a mental health problem. So there's that blur and that crossover. Yeah. yeah. In your experience, what is it that really drives people to addiction and to, to get involved in these substances? <sighs> Tough question. What would drive them? Look, I think the only thing I can do is probably come back to my own life and use my own life as an example. Mm. Uh, coming from a fairly abusive background, uh, coming from uh, parents who were both alcoholics, mm. uh, so the love and the nurturing although they say they, you know, they love, but the, the way that that was dished out wasn't mm. good. So you, you know, adult children of alcoholics is a great uh, area to study into and okay. just see that then what you're trying to do is numb the pain that you've mm. grown up with. And of course you get influenced by people that you're around. So I think there's a, there's a few things that uh, influence yeah. that. Some people can go through the same situation mm. and not get involved in drugs at all, find the Lord or find some other means to be able to help them cope and get through life. Yeah. Uh, I think once you get accepted into a group and you become a subculture and that becomes your way of life, and yeah, then you get the compound of guilt and shame and blame and regret. So it then becomes a compound. Thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Not the one thing would drive people to it. People have had a, you know, a fairly good upbringing. They yeah. just start, I don't know, experimenting happens, and yeah. yeah, get the physical addiction. Mm. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing I want to talk about, if someone is struggling with um, addiction, yes. or they know someone is struggling with addiction, what, what are something they can do to, to help them? Look, there's a couple of things, that I'll answer that two ways. There mm. is a program at the moment, uh, Mental Health First Aid. Yeah. It's a two day course. I would recommend that to everybody and anybody. Mental health first aid? Me mental health okay. first aid. Um, and in there, there is a, a, an acronym, uh, ALGE, A-L-G-E-E. So the first thing for anybody who is not qualified or experienced, the first one is, is to just assess the person, build that relationship, you know, access mm. to them, um, try and understand them, no judgment. So the, the, the first thing is not to judge, but then um, listen to them, mm. give them, and then encourage them to get professional help. Yeah. And, and encourage them to get some support around, around them. So mm. if your family is not supporting you and the people that, you ha that you're hanging around with are actually you know, pulling you into it, well, you've got to get away from that.
mm. and set up a structure. Who is it that you would go to if you were in trouble and you needed help? That's usually the person you would then have as a buddy or a, someone there to support you. Yeah. But then getting professional help as well. Yeah. First thing would be just admitting to yourself that you've got a problem. That's normally the hardest part, isn't That's, it? That's, you can't help anyone who doesn't want to help themselves. Yeah, and it's yeah. sad because I see and have seen a lot of parents, you know, basically give their life away and all their belongings to their children or child yeah. who has a severe addiction and lose everything because they're enabling them to maintain. Now they love them and they just want to help them, but the thing is they become the problem. Become an enabler. Yeah, 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 if that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. So tough love does work. Um, one of the programs I think that uh, I'd really recommend to any male at the moment, I do believe that there is a female program starting up now, is out at Shalom House. Sh Shalom House. Shalom House, yeah. Mm. And uh, Peter, the guy out there who runs Shalom House, is doing an amazing, amazing job with the guys. And it's, pretty, it's a pretty tough program, mm. but it, it's what... It's what I say, guys, it's what we need. We need some tough love tough and we need some tough boundaries and That's know true. that people who are there care for you and love you and it's got a spiritual component to it too. So it's yeah, got the, well needed, the isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, are you comfortable talking about the whole thing with the, um, the towing the government line and the whole thing in regards to coronavirus and that sort of stuff or is that something... Man, look, again, it's... Um, over this last year, I've had good friends mm. uh, abuse me. Uh, it's been it's been a horrible experience. Actually, good friends being, abusing you, being bullied into because I, I'm I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I know whoever may be listening or watching now, it's, you know, may have an opinion already. It's just, yeah. uh, and I guess what it is is what I started to say uh, back when you and I were just talking before this started. Mm. Um, when I received an email from APRA to say that all allied and health professionals need to toe the line and support the government narrative, or there would be consequences, just something in me just goes, well, hang on. Um, That's not right. That, whether it's right or not, I just question it. So yeah. I'm just, again, me personally, I'm someone who questions Mm. everything and I suppose the training as a psychologist as a counsellor um, as a teacher trainer um, I w I'm, I'm a, an inquisitive person I want to mm. know who said why did they say that what did they say that for so the how why when where what who which I think yep. when you were at college I used to teach everyone always ask the how why when where what who so mm. yeah that's true yeah it's, it's almost like if you go to a professional or a doctor or a Anybody, you want to get a professional opinion, and if it's they're, if not, they're not biased because they have to. That's true. But if they don't, if they're not allowed to have an opinion besides the government opinion, then you're not really seeing a professional. You're you're speaking to a robot or a book or yeah. You know, it, it, to me that's kind of scary. Where doctors can't give you their, their opinion anymore, and no. they're not allowed to have an opinion anymore. It's um. That's right. And and that's, 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 that's and it's that a very scary. very touchy area because there is consequences. So if I'm perceived to be um, negative towards the government approach and the, the current narrative regarding the rollout of vaccination, mm. uh, then, you know, again, 
I am registered still, so that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not I, an anti-vaxxer. I, I kind of there's a line there um, yeah. that I can't cross, which says a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that is fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch of the imagination. I've had no, all, I've had all my vaccines, mm. except that I've never heard of one virus needing three vaccines. Mm. You know, I'm like, and boosters and yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you're two, two, two shots and a booster. It's like three vaccines for one virus. And it's just, there's so much misinformation out there. It's just like, mm. I want to be, I'm on the fence as well. Yeah. Just because the only asset I've ever had through my whole life has been my health. Yes. I don't want to risk it. No. For, for a virus that doesn't seem to be that deadly. You know? It is deadly. People have died from it. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend in the UK, runs a company there. So last year, his 10 people work in his company. Yeah. And the 10 people did get coronavirus. They got coronavirus. Um, and two of them died. Okay. So now the two that died, and this is, again, I'm not going to say his name, but yep. he, he said, well, they were heavy smokers yep. and uh, one of them had asthma. Okay, so that's so a deadly combination. So it's not that no. they died from COVID. And I think this is where, and this is me, I, I would love to know, okay, I want the data. Give me the raw data mm. and let's have a look at what were the comorbidity of the groups of people or yeah. of the age groups of people and just really analyse the data. And it's mm. one of the things that I've, you know, may get into trouble even saying this, but one of the things that I'm disappointed with is as a professional, you know, you do four years of research methods when you're studying psych. So research mm. methods is the core. Um, yet it seems that the peak bodies and the professionals, they're not asking any questions. They just... Taking orders. Is, uh, yeah. And, it, and to me, I'm going to raise another, you know, again, controversial one, but it's like climate change. Mm. It's kind of like, hang on, wait a minute. Who said that the science is settled? Um, because Joanne Nova, a really great friend of mine who's got a blog that people can go and look, they're all geologists and scientists in mm. their own right, and they know how to read the data, yeah. and they come up with an opposing view. So. For me, there's always how things move forward is that there, I think having debate and having, having the different views mm. coming together and, and then analysing and looking at you know, raw data, questioning the data, questioning the source of the data, who's getting paid for even collecting the data. That's true. Yeah. And then you can come up with a, but there's no debate. Well, <laughs> I think that I heard a really good saying by someone who's like, if you can't win the debate, don't have the debate. Yes. You know, that's what it looks like. But yeah, it'd yeah. be good to have an open discussion about it and actually be open mm. to having the debate and going through the different sciences and different research methods. Because I saw a show with Greg Braden and they were going to Antarctica and drilling through the ice. Yes. And they were measuring the Earth's temperature somehow, I don't know how, over the last, you know, 100,000 years. And they're saying that there are cycles of heating and cooling. Heating and cooling. And the heating yes. isn't the actual, the, the worst part. It's the cooling that comes afterwards. That's so right. It may be raising, but it's going to cooling and yeah. that's just a natural yeah. flow, ebb and flow of life. But and the other theory is that um, carbon in the air mm. comes after the heat, so it's not before. So yeah. one doesn't so one doesn't cause the heating; it follows behind. Because at the moment we've got lots of solar flares, and if people have a look, we've got an amazing uh, aurobella. What is it? Ori, ori, aurora borealis. Aurora, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know the word. Um, like in the southern hemisphere, northern, yeah. it's just amazing the curtains Beautiful. of light that are going mm. because there, there is an increase in solar flares. Mm. And the other thing that I've always, again, it's just questioning, because um, who am I? I, I, I? I'm not a weather expert or a climate expert at all. Mm. 
Yet I question um, in the modelling, and this is where again I get very uh, concerned, modelling, computer modelling is always based on assumptions. Mm. So they've got to have a set of assumptions that they put in place to assume certain things and certain outcomes. And when they don't, and when they don't include cloud in the modelling, mm. uh, well, that's a big element that actually does protect yeah. and helps cool. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's just another I, I heard they that. weren't even including the sun. Yeah. But then anyway. again, <laughs> how do you know it's true? <laughs> so you know, people like you and I, we're sitting here and it's really great talking now. Um, but we only can go on whatever information we is received, yeah, given yeah. to us from whatever source. Mm. And so I always want to go back to who said, who paid them, and, and go back to the, the root. Yeah, yeah if, if you can, if you can. Mm. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to chat to you about was um, God, religion, mm -hmm. especially Christianity. Um, you were telling us a story, going way back now, that you had a um, you had a vision. Is that right? Or you. Had not had a vision, or something happened to you in church. Were you so something happened? Back Mystical. in my, you know, when I was around 18, yeah. 19 years of age, um, I was working at Peter's Ice Cream over in Victoria, actually, night shift, you know, packing ice creams in crates. And there was a pastor who was working there. Mm. His church was on Sundays, but he had to earn some extra cash during the week. Yeah. And um, it was just through getting to know uh, his, his pastor away now, uh, Bill Salisbury, Pastor Salisbury. Um, we were walking down to the car park one night and on the way down he was asking me the questions, you know, do you know Jesus? And I, I was like, oh, I'm another Jesus freak, you know. <laughs> so I was a little bit on the back know, foot. Critical, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we were standing underneath the light in the car park and uh, the conversation went, you know, like, well, would you like to know who he is because you can have your personal relationship with him. And I think part of me was... I just wanted to get home. Mm. So, you know, I said, yeah, sure. So he said, well, let's pray together. And I know the prayer now, so I can say it. They just say these words after me, you know, mm. Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And, you know, I confess in my mouth and believe in my heart that he, you know, forgive me for my sins and that kind of thing. And, and as we were praying, and I closed my eyes again because it's just, the light got brighter. Inside your head? Or in no, the street light. I'm, and I was like, whoa. And I just felt goosebumps all over. Mm -hmm. And it, it, was, it was a moment where, I, again, it's an experience. So I can say the experience and people go, oh, yeah, but, you know, what have you been smoking? Um, <laughs> but it was a real experience. And then it was the following Sunday, I went to the church in Malvern. And I must admit, I went and I sat at the back because I thought, well, as soon as the service is over, I was being polite more than anything else. Mm. As soon as the service is over, I'm out of here. And I'd heard about the happy clappy. So happy as, a, clappy? As, as a kid, we went to the Church of England and we went to okay. Sunday school. Yeah, and yeah. I think mum and dad sent us to Sunday school just so that they could have a, the morning home. They never went. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> And so all I was used to was the guy in the robes, you know, the, the purple bag being passed along the pews and you sung three hymns and you could never understand what the guy was talking about because he spoke in thee, thou, those and thuses. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, when I got to this Malvern Town Hall this particular day, um, there was a band playing, there was music, everyone's hallelujah and praising the Lord. Mm. And I was like, wow, what, what have I walked into, you know? Um, and then they came out on stage and said, look, our lead singer can't sing today because she's got an abscess 
and this girl was on stage and you could see the side of her face was swollen oh wow but we're gonna lay hands on her and pray and i'm i've kind of like i've heard of this i've heard of this kind of healing yeah anyway they prayed for her and she just went down on the laid down on the ground and they kept singing and um I don't know, time went by, a couple of songs. Then she got up and her face was not swollen and she really? got the microphone, started singing and praising the Lord and everyone just was, you know, hallelujah, praise That's the insane. Lord. What do you think that kind of energy is that facilitates in that healing? Well, it's straight out of the Bible. You know, straight from God. Some people, it, now, what we get into now is denominations and doctrine. So some people say that the, the gifts of healing was back then and not for now, but the Holy Spirit is in each one of us well, whether we believe or not i believe that god's unchanging and eternal and changing so, yeah. in his way and that you know as the holy spirit moves as your faith moves with it then anything is possible because i've seen these kind of healings in different churches before and yes. I, I definitely I'm a, I'm a believer yes but i'm just wondering i've always seen it happen in a group setting does it change when there's people there witnessing and believing does god's power amplify through the people in the room rather than being at home and just oh i wish i could heal myself but it heals greater in a collective. I've, I've noticed that. Yeah, you so know? it can be. And also, so we run a connect group at home. We go to Kingdom City Church. Yeah. Um, no, I've seen healing just one-on-one. -on -one. In fact, I've prayed for people and they've been healed. Mm. Now, it's not me. It's definitely not me. Yeah. But I just, Lord, F Father, you are the Lord of Lords. You're the King of Kings. Father, this person is asking for, you know, they need, need to be healed. And the next thing, they're, they're walking. Mm. So it's their faith, power of the Lord. This flows comes That's through it. you. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been an incredible experience. And I know that for myself, um, again, in everybody's journey and everyone's story is their own. Mm. But if it wasn't for Christ in my life, I know I wouldn't be here. Mm. So it's what got me through, um, you know, being diagnosed with hep C and given 10 years to live back in 1991. Oh, really? Uh, I, again, I just prayed and, and, and I know that 22 years later, again, through medical science, so when it comes to vac vaccines and medical, mm. I was, I've been on drug trials before. Yeah. So I was one of the first group to use um, interferon. Now, okay. it nearly killed me, but really? I could stop it. So yeah, I bled internally, my platelets. Was yeah. it injections or oral tablets? Injection. Okay. And, but, you, but you knew I had to sign a four-page document that gave me all the potential side effects before okay. I went on it. So I was one of the, f one of the groups that went through the mm. trials of interferon. Okay, um, fair and then years later, there's interferon, ribavirin, bezeprevir, a whole combination of drugs that were used. And so in 2012, I went on another clinical trial Mm. Um, again, knowing f fully what the, the what the uh, potential side effects and dangers were, um, and uh, instead of doing it, the program for twelve months, mm. I was taken off after six months because I was completely liver healed. And here I am now, as I say, thirty odd years later, yeah. um, loving my life. And and so I, again, I'm not anti anything. Mm. Science is great. Yeah. Yet there's something about this whole virus vaccine thing that just doesn't add up to me. Yeah. So I'm very, very cautious. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I'm just going by obviously what, I, what I've seen. I know that social media is a hell of a thing with algorithms and feeding information yeah, you're going to yeah, consume. Yeah, yeah. But um, a lot of my friends have taken the vaccine. Some of them yes. have been absolutely fine. No yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, but every yeah. now and then I've heard of one of my friends at Rust the Hospital 
migraines, yes. couldn't stand up. Yeah. But she's okay now, yes. th thankfully. Yeah. My friend's mother, very healthy, in her 60s, she had Bell's palsy in the, in the yeah. side of her face. Yeah. Lost the feeling there, which would be really scary. Mm. Um, another friend of mine who worked at the Department of Health, he was having like really burning on his skin for three days, yeah. like his skin was burning yeah. and that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I've heard on, obviously on the news that there's kids getting myocarditis and soccer players are literally passing out and having to leave their profession because yes. they can't do it because yes. they're heart, heart issues. Yeah. And that, that sort of freaks me out a little bit, yeah. you know, healthy. So there are people. definite side effects. Yeah. Like you can go onto the CDC, you can go onto the mm. yellow card database with the UK government, you can go on our own TGA, and there are recorded side effects. Yeah. Where what we don't know and where we probably then speculate mm. is how much is being reported, is it underreported? And one of the things that crossed my mind some months ago was when they were reporting how many cases every day, mm. there were, a, and we know the PCR, so I know the PCR test from back in the HIV days. Okay. It was not a very accurate test. I've heard, yeah. So we know that, and you can go and read up on that and look at all the research and you'll find that it wasn't a very accurate test. Yeah. So that's why they did liver biopsies afterwards and they did mm. other, other tests. So the PCR test gives a lot of false positives. Mm. So when you have a look at the number of cases being reported, and again, and I'm just going by what you know you see on the news and read, you know, on Facebook or on social yeah. media, because that's the only access we have. Mm. But when it, when when any message is being delivered inside a parcel of fear, mm. um, I have an acronym. One, the F is face it and find out mm. a is uh, f sorry e is then evaluate it where did it come from who said mm. and just just do your own evaluation of where it came from yep. and then a comes from the work health and safety do a proper assessment do a risk analysis mm. so what's the risk here r is then whatever the result is make a decision yeah not just react to it so again with all of the data that's coming in and people cuts i'm just someone who likes to ask questions yeah well that's good if i, I face it evaluate i don't, it, I don't believe it. things face value yeah. so and it's and i'm not saying that people are liars or so i don't judge anyone mm. and and by the way freedom of choice my core value is freedom so yeah that's fair enough like i'm the kind of person i would say to you i would go to war mm for your freedom mm. because if you've got freedom so do i and yeah. that freedom is for me the key to freedom is take responsibility yeah. you can't have freedom without responsibility and accountability mm. so i want freedom and i want to be responsible for my life and i want to be accountable for my life and as long as i stay within the boundaries of don't hurt other people and don't harm myself mm. well then you could you're pretty safe if you want to hang around there no, definitely. That's definitely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a scary thing. I mean, having the freedom over what goes into your own body should be a, for everybody. Yeah. And if, if the evidence was clear and they, they treated us like adults, giving us the full analysis of all the data and the research for us to make our own decisions, yes. then I would weigh it up and I'd decide whether to do it. When they're saying, yeah. you've got to do it or you get a $5,000 fine or you can't get a job or whatever, whatever else. 
go to a restaurant. I mean, so what you're talking about there, and this is probably where again I find myself pulling back a little bit. Mm. Um, behaviorism 101. Yeah. Um, if you want to reinforce a behavior, mm. you either reward it or you punish it. And everyone does this every day. If you want to get more of something done, you give someone a reward for it. Like Pavlov's dog. It, that's it. it yeah. And so what we as soon as I you know, heard all of these mandates and all like a million dollar lottery and you know whatever free beers free donuts and, and, and Uber rides. I'm like, wow, what is this? It's all for your own good. Okay, thank you, appreciate that. However, uh, I think the miscommunication out there is a lot of people do believe that once they are vaccinated mm. they are inoculated it means they will not catch it and they mm. won't spread it which is a lie at one stage that's what they were saying that's this what they were saying it. yes yes but that that changes every month that story uh, yeah yes. I, i've noticed the thing this is a, a 95 percent efficacy then it was 80 now yes. it's 60. yeah so the the and numbers are like whoa okay like yeah anything to convince you to have it i, I was scared when they were like oh, a certain brand of vaccine, which is AstraZeneca, is like this is only meant to be for people with over fifty, over sixty, fifty, over 60, fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, actually, no everyone can have it now. Yes, no. Well, and some countries. In fact, the Moderna Lord, one yeah. has just been. Again, correct me. I could be wrong here, but it, it it's either Sweden or Switzerland. Sweden, mm. they've just banned the Moderna. They well, won't. Have they? Well, mainly because the side effects have gone past what would normally be accepted. Yeah. And I think um, there's a couple of, you know, well-known um, epi uh, epidemiologists. Is that epidemiologists. Right? Yeah. And they're saying, like, traditionally, if there's one death in a million, that's mm. too many. Th there was a, um, was it a H1N1 vaccine or a flu vaccine that had nine deaths mm. and they cancelled it. Yeah, they cancelled That's right. Pretty sure there's been more than nine yeah, or, already. Um, yeah. Well, by, by, by a long shot. Yeah, so that's where now we get into there's the different variants and that that what so i don't know how how many people know now mm. the uh, western australian government uh on the 10th of this month which was not yesterday day before uh item i think it was 46 on the parliamentary agenda mm. and there's dot point four and you can look this up it's on their website yep. now you can download the pdf recordings of all of the things that went through they just passed a bill to say, 27 to 2, that our private medical records are no longer our right to have privacy to them. So that's oh, wow. just been... See, they're, they're, there's, there's things being passed now in Parliament that we don't even know is happening. And that's because, in especially Victoria and here, Victoria, the yeah. parties that are in, that got voted in and people wanted them in, um, they've got so much power, there's no one to ask questions or go against Well, them. like that bill that Dan Andrew passed, giving him um, almost diplomacy to call a lockdown for up to three months if he wants to, and arrest people based on suspicion, based on gender, but based mm. on health, based on anything. Well, then go on the Western Australian government and have a look mm. at what was um, what bill was put forward on the 20th of October. Mm. We've got the same here. So what they want to do is Insane. be prepared for the emergency by having a bill now say that mm. we can keep the emergency going until June next year. Well, the thing and so underneath those emergency powers, that means that they can make any rules 
and fine and yeah yeah, yeah. well I, I did hear that at one point the vaccine wasn't wasn't uh, fully approved by the TGA and the FDA it is now but it was only partially approved as as a trial as a trial as yeah. yeah so it could only be um, given under a state of emergency act. that's right and if and without that they need it yeah. exactly. uh, how long have you been counseling Eighty-nine. I graduated as a psychologist. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, could you put that? So thirty years. Because anything gold comes out. Yeah. Gold comes out. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, um, at the moment, um, I work as a disability support coordinator. Uh, so I've been doing that not not for too long. Before before that, I was a PT. Yes. Yeah, as personal trainer. So it's a li little bit different, but I'm enjoying yeah. it so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, great. Yeah, it's um. So fulfilling, I guess, is a better choice mm. of words. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're actually getting clients in now as well and doing yeah, a lot yeah. of the business side. Yeah, yeah. So doing a little bit more like um, onboarding and doing the business side of things and yeah. actually the support coordination yeah. side yeah. of things as well. Yeah. yeah. It's fun, um, but it's full on as well. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot, lot more to do. The good thing is like a, it's a good middle ground between kind of like office work, well yes. off, office work, and actually going out and meeting people and, and speaking people. speaking to clients yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. What yeah. would you rather do, admin or people? Oh, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But admin, obviously. Is, yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, admin yeah. is like it's no matter what business you're running, it's like part of the. Yeah, it's, my, it's my weakness. weakness People yeah. say, you've got any weakness? I go, yeah, admin. Yeah, admin. yeah. <laughs> have a look at my office. It's just piles of paper. It needs to get sorted yeah. out. Yeah. And files yeah. just everywhere. Uh, you mean client records? Uh, yeah, no, they're there. They're yeah, they're you know, some <laughs> in a pile over there. <laughs> Somewhere that random pile. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. What made you decide to get into, like, um, psychology? Uh, look, I think it's a, a good question. When I... Uh, as a mature age student, I went back to Leadable Tech and did my uh, entrance uh, exams. Yeah. And I wanted to do law. Oh, okay. And that year, I missed mm. out by two points. Oh, oh wow. So okay. my second uh, preference was journalism. Okay. And I went to WAIT then, the Western Australian Institute of Technology. And I remember going to my first lecture and my first tutorial uh, on journalism. And my sense of it then was it was all just left-wing politics and it was feminism and it was anti-male. And I remember just walking out. Mm. And oh, I, was, okay. I, was, I was, I don't know, uh, disappointed. I yeah. was kind of, and, and there's another word, it's a D, but really just discouraged from the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I went down to the uh, counselling centre, student counselling. And they did a whole battery of tests and, you know, questionnaires and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they said, you can do whatever you want. You, you, these are your scores. It's kind of like, so I went, okay, well, I'll do business and I'll do, I love making money. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I'll do psychology because if you want to make money, you've got to work with people. So mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And also, I knew that um, as a psychologist, I, I wanted to actually work on myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was my journey then. And I think I've just said to Brett, yeah, we, we yeah. graduated into the Alcohol and Drug Authority and worked in the Moore Street Clinic and then Hollyoak and Princess Margaret Hospital as their research project officer. And oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so I've done, done some various things. Then um, diagnosed with Hep C and told I had 10 years to live. This is a very fast kind of yeah. summary. Mm. Um, it was then where... I real I, so the the thought behind it was I was married, and I thought well look if I know, if I've only got this long to live I want to get them I want to just get the maximum out of life and put the maximum in before 
you know? Yeah, my yeah guy. true. So a friend of mine uh, was in a network marketing company, and yeah. I probably don't need to mention the name, um, but they were expanding and yeah. I went and joined up and took off and spent the next 96 through to 2016 basically opening up Southeast Asia. So oh, wow. I spent two years in Thailand, two years in Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll just, be uh, just recruiting people, training them in the business model and train product training, and you know, working with uh, interpreters and and mm -hmm. and using all the skills that did, I did you gained learn languages? from uh, Siddiqat Siddiqat Nitnoy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> small amount. Uh, well, yeah, when you're there, you pick up the basics like anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then came back here in 2016 and between then and now I've just been going through a major transition. I think you get to mm -hmm. 60 and you go, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I th when I look back even now, and I was talking mm -hmm. about this last week, and I don't know whether people do reflect and review, yeah. um, I thought the things that were happening, my wife broke her leg, we were selling our house, we are going through... There was a couple of years, 2016 to 2018 was a really tough period of time. Yeah. I think I was questioning a lot. Um, marriage, uh, marriage is fantastic, but we're you know, just questioning everything. And um, now I look back, I believe that that two years was preparing me because COVID was going to come and I wouldn't be able to travel anyway, so mm. I had to find something new. Yeah, so I, yeah. feel, I feel like, or I you know, believe that praise God, and that's the only way I can say it, um, is that he knew more than I did and just orchestrated things so that, and I know I resisted a little bit, but put me on a path where back at TSA, mm. uh, Kingdom City, I've just finished doing a discipleship program, I'm working with young guys, and now I've got this whole new uh, triumph over trauma, so I'm now working with people working from home. And, and I've never been so content, and I can say that honestly sitting yeah. here. Mm. I've, I've just got a point in my life where I am so content. It's yeah. just beautiful. That's what a lot and of people I pray really that want. everyone yeah. gets mm. to a point in their life where it doesn't matter what's going on around you, that you've got that contentment. And it's Paul, you know, it doesn't matter whether I lack or whether I've got uh, more or wherever I am, I'm, I'm just content because mm. I know who I am, I know who's in me, and I know where I'm going. Mm. And I think with tying back in with what you and I were just talking about, about yeah. this whole COVID vaccination, in Ezekiel 33, God says to Ezekiel, um, if I should come and strike my sword against the land, uh, I'm trying to just remember it, if I should come and strike my sword against the land and you don't have someone on the watchtower warning people by blowing the trumpet, then whoever dies, the blood will be on your head. Wow. Okay. And then he says, so if you're on the watchtower and you blow the trumpet to warn people that my sword will come, and this is just before the Israelites went off to Babylon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was someone to warn them, guys, you know, you're going you're gonna to go off into exile here if you don't pay attention and um, and so then if you do warn people and they listen but they they don't adhere to it then the blood is on their own head and I, this came up for me a few weeks ago with, with this whole debate around the virus and I thought 
you know, really what we've got to do is raise ourselves above what's going on. Because for all intensive purposes, we know in the book of Revelation that how it ends. We win. And this is all part of it. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah. hang on, so don't get caught up in it. Have the jab, don't have the jab. Your freedom, your choice, you know, is evil going to come into the world and we're going to have one world government and all of that? Well, probably, but you know what? There's going to be a thousand <laughs> years of peace and then Jesus is coming Come back. back. Yeah. When? I don't know. But are you saved? Are you saved? And I really appreciate just being here with you guys now because that is ultimately, after we've all said and done whatever we think, at the end of the day, the reality is at some point in time, each and every one of us is going to die. Yeah. So when that knock comes on the door, are you saved or are you not? So for me, the job that we have, which has always been our job, mm. is to blow the trumpet and keep sounding it so that people have got a choice, not whether they're jabbed or not, but are you going to hell or are you going to heaven? Mm. That's the ultimate question. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's again. That's where I've got to. Yeah. In these in these last you know seventy two forty eight hours, the last week or so. Yeah. 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 And you quoted another another chapter to me. I think it was um, something to do with principalities. Uh, so was principalities it, it and powers. So we not. Yeah. No. Uh, again, getting me to think of what the book is. Um, but we don't fight a war of flesh and blood. Mm. So we fight a war of principalities and powers and uh, things in high places. So we know mm. that, the, again, if you believe in God, you believe in the devil, there's the force of good and evil, there's evil in the world and mm. there is evil. Yeah, um, yeah. So who, who may be acting in an evil way isn't the person, but it's the spirit behind it. So what we need to be doing is praying against that because if we get caught into the argument and the debate about who's right and who's wrong then we've missed it when now we're caught in the in the battle the battle yeah yeah and the the battle is not ours because it's already been won the battle is the lord's mm. so it's our faith so no matter what's going on we're meant to love so Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength is the first commandment. And the second commandment, and you guys know, it's, is, is love your neighbour as yourself. And I guess one of the things that's happened for me personally this year, I've always struggled with that, love my neighbour as myself. Yeah, yeah, it so is a hard one. So if I don't love me, that means I can't really authentically, genuinely love, love you. you as a brother, a yeah. sister. Mm. You know, just, I don't want to get into gender things, but... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you've got to be careful whatever you say. Anyway, yeah. but it's so this year, I've in this discipleship program at um, Kingdom City, that, that was the one thing that I really dug deep into and prayed and researched and into the scripture, into the uh, concordances. And what I discovered through the Hebrew and the Greek, and I'm just kind of going to summarize it, is God gave us love. He shed love abroad in our heart. He's given us, he's given us love. He's given us hope. He's given us, he's given us faith. Mm -hmm. So it's not even ours. It's his 
that he's given us that we have it's up to us whether we want to use that or not mm. yeah so yeah. he first loved us so we can love him so with the love that he's given me I can love you with his love because his is an unconditional love mm. and I know he's forgiven me for all of the things I've done now I may find it hard as a person to mm. forgive you but I know he has and if I want then I have to as well so I, I do it through him mm. but what I found was there's a deep longing for the presence of God in my life I would love to be able to sit here and say to you I've seen I've seen Jesus he's appeared in front of me I've had that tangible touch because I long so much not because I don't believe but because I do believe I long I long for that and that longing I have for his presence for his peace for his love I want that longing for you too mm, yeah and that's that's how much I love you is mm. that I want you to have that longing in your heart for his love yeah. and if we all have that <laughs> sorry that's all right, that's all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you can go it's it's my boss that's okay. right. <laughs> hello sweetheart the real boss. <laughs> Not all, all good. Um, okay, I'll give you a message when I'm, when I'm finished here. Okay, thanks, sweetheart. What is the time now? It's six thirty. Six thirty. No yeah. Okay, that's good. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, God. That's, no, that's, that's all right. Man. That's, that's why we edit. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we edit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, live will be a bit more genuine. And you, and you might not edit this bit. We could leave it in. Why not? Yeah, good, good yeah. Uh, ringtone though. Yeah. Do you do? Yeah, you, you play yeah. the do You play? No, no, no I, I got one. I just yeah. love the song. Oh, do you really? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's played it a little bit. It's another one of those things. Um, I don't know about you guys, but you get messages from people, and mm. you you end up messaging. But a phone call just does it in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, sometimes true. I just don't like answering the phone. Like either to text, but that could just be like an introverted thing or. Whatever yeah, it may I be, know. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it's it's a generation thing. Yeah, um, you know, we were raised with a a black telephone at home. That once you left the house, that was it, man. You you were out yeah. of communication. That was a good yeah. time. And that I was a good time to come back. Yeah, yeah that was a good these time. These things here, man. Is <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, mind yeah. everything's everything's fixed line. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Uh, uh, I just want to say also, I really appreciate, mm. and I mean like, to be able to sit here with you guys. Mm. and just share what I've just shared um, I just believe that mm. me even being here with you is is God's hand moving yeah mm. so being here with you both of you so my prayer about three or four weeks ago yeah was that I don't know how but I'd love to get podcasts going I'd love to get mm. how do I get out into the world I can sit at home in my bedroom on a zoom call or you know make a little video and put it up on YouTube um, TikTok. but I, I don't I don't I don't want to work or do things on my own I want to work with people and yeah you know and, and again everyone's got different ideas and a bit which is great 
and we kind of feed off yeah. one another. Yeah. Well, you said but you had a friend that you wanted to do a, a show with. Yeah. Do you want to bring him on the show? All four of us. Yeah, that'd be Look, cool. Bill, Bill Mitchell's a really great friend of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Bill and I are a little bit out there when we get together. So I don't know whether you've got a friend that when you're with him mm. or her, doesn't, again, <laughs> not getting into gender. Yeah. Um, you can just be, you know, and I am myself right now. Yeah. Um, but you can say anything. Because mm. yeah, that's yeah. just, you know, and, and you know, you, you, you can d- discern the rubbish from the, that's true, you know, yeah, from yeah, what you yeah. sincere. But sometimes it's just great to get with some people and just talk utter rubbish. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. Hey, that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about yeah. that. And have a laugh. And being, yeah. being you know, exaggerate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And so Bill and I do that a lot. And then all of a sudden, one of us will go, a scripture. Yeah. Where did that come from? And then we'll dig deep into it. And we just have some really... And he's he's a, a really great friend. Um, well, the yeah. office on the table, if you guys okay. want to. No. Yeah. And I They're going to be exciting. Would, and just to get he would love that. All that going would, on. Yeah. He would really love that. So yeah. he has... On a Thursday, every second Thursday, around his kitchen table, mm. he has about eight, nine, ten blokes yep. men come, and they do a Bible study, mm. and it's growing, and it's and the the guys are being fed, and so it's yeah, it's really really good. Well, I had a thought just the other day is like in these troubled times where separation and chaos and corruption and misinformation, it, it's pretty evident we can't turn to man and his laws, we have to turn to God. And um, universal laws, yeah, and go yeah. within yes. to really find that clarity we're looking for Amen. and that connection we're looking for, Amen. and just to step forward as sovereign beings who, who aren't afraid. You know, mm. they they can take away your rights, take away your job, and you can still move forward. Yeah, yeah. It's just like Job, you know. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I've always empowering. said too that the, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, but Paul's my hero. Yeah, Saint Paul. Oh man, Paul! If you, you He's next I, level. I, if He's you look at my bookshelf at home, there's like all of those books are all about Paul, the heart of Paul, the life of Paul. Entry uh, right writes a really great heavy reading, but I, I like Paul. I like Paul because he's a very good um, role model. Role model, yeah. of course, but he's also a very good. Oh, it's a heart, it's a, it's, he's like a, a the balancing. Yes. He was a dark man. Yes. In his shadow, he was a yeah. murderer. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was he was the guy who was hunting Jesus down yes. to kill him. Yes. And um, he turned, after his vision at Damascus, yes. Yes. to what you would call a, a, an apostle. Yes. Preaching the, preaching the Lord and yeah. doing these amazing things. Yeah. And God choosing him, a murderer, a sinner. Gives us all hope, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone, yes, and that's what I meant. No, but again, it's, it's like, well, who else, who else would you choose if someone who knew the law so well? Uh, and then was killing the Christians mm. um, to have that road to, to Damascus experience. So for me, with Paul, what I what I really love about Paul is he overcame everything. And even though he was in prison, I imagine this. This is my imagination. Here's Paul rocks up to a town. Where am I going to stay tonight? Ah, oh, I'll just break the law, get put in jail, and I'll write another book. <laughs> is that what he did? What? No, I'm making. Oh, no, it. No, okay. yeah, the thing yeah. is, he wrote. He wrote while he was so he in was prison. he was a prisoner of the Lord. If you have a look at Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, all of those books, he opens up with you know, the first uh, verse. Usually, is something like, "I'm a bond servant to the Lord," or "I'm a prisoner to the Lord." Mm. And so, he was in prison in Christ. Yeah. 
So it wouldn't matter where he was, what room he was in, whether it had bars on the window and guards at the door, mm. um, and the floggings that he had. You know, like yeah. what he over snake bitten. He was bitten by a viper, uh, shipwrecked. Like so, what he what he went through. It's like what a great whether. And I say this to a lot of people: whether you believe in God or not, there's some amazing stories in the Bible mm. that if you read them. They're empowering, they encourage you, they lift you up, they, they inspire you. Because if one man can, so can we. Mm. And he had a mission. He knew he was going to Rome to face his death, just like Jesus was facing yeah. his death going to the cross. And one of the things that I love about the story uh, about the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was with the disciples and so they all rock up to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says to them, uh, just wait here, uh, I'm, I'm going over here to pray. And he takes Peter and Simon with him. So they go a little bit further and it says he was, he was so nervous that he was sweating blood. He was sweating unto death. Mm. So here's when I read through those scriptures, what I see is this some really good close friends with Jesus. And I imagine, like, just imagine it's us three. Mm. Who wants to be Jesus? He's already got the costume. But I go, so <laughs> we know that something's bothering him mm. and he needs to go and pray. And if you said to, your name is just Ryan. Ryan, Ryan yeah. and myself, um, look guys, just wait here. I'm. I'm feeling like I could kill myself at the moment because I really don't want to have to do what I have to do and I'd mm. rather just end it now. But just wait here, I'm going over here to pray. I think you and I'd be going, I think we'd better keep our eye on him and know we're coming with you. Yeah. But they didn't. They went to sleep. Oh, really? And th if you read through Matthew, if you read through that, three times he went and said, Father, take this cup from me. Mm. But if it's your will, I will do it. So there and was a very human side to Jesus. Yeah. Well, he was human. It, yeah. yeah, he gave up his divinity to come down and be with us. Mm. And that's why I love the story of Jesus. It's just, it's real. Um, he was a man because mm. he gave up his divinity, but he also knew what his mission was. And he came to save the world. Mm. And coming back to what you were just saying, Brett, is that in a time where you can't trust really what anyone is saying mm. the word doesn't change from yesterday today or tomorrow so it gives us something to hang on to and jesus is our hope he's our anchor yeah yeah that reminds um, me of the the book isaiah where he's like um i, I the lord create the darkness and the light mm. i create the good and the evil and i the evil. lord do all these things yes and it's almost like all the negativity and the evil in the world is coming to the surface which gives people an opportunity to go within, yes. to become sovereign, to see their power, to do whatever they need to do. Yeah. You know, get shaken up a little bit. Go to awaken to that journey. high reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a catalyst, yes. which, is, which, which can be a very good thing. But in, when you're in the midst of it, no. you, don't, you don't realize it until hindsight. Yeah, right? so there is a, there's a, right now, this is revival time. This is a time where when people are questioning, mm. it's, a, it's an opportune time to bring people to the Lord and build mm. the kingdom. 
and that's as I said before, it's, it's, it's the real question is, whatever's going on, mm. where are you going to go? Because death will come one day. Mm. How? We don't know. We don't know the hour or the time. Um, whether it's going to be from a jab or from the virus or from getting hit by a car or whether mm. you just die of natural causes in, you know, whatever. And we pray everyone has a long life and healthy life. Mm. The thing is, the reality is, we, we don't know. Yeah. And the question is then, regardless of what's going on, no one can take away from you the spirit that Christ has placed within you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting, I think. I think like yeah. it was, it's one of those times where like you really yeah, pretty much you really have to ground yourself. Yeah, you've you've gotta be really solid and like in your belief in yes. God. Yeah, yeah. You've gotta be really solid because like especially last year where everyone was pretty much just kind of locked up at home. Yeah. You can't really do anything. You can't go out. You you can't use you can't use all the distraction dis distractions to no. kind of to keep yourself from you know, from diving within, or you, you're pretty much just there by yourself, and you've got to go through those demons and go through and self-analyze yeah. and, and try and actually figure out who you are. Yeah. Like, at what point in your life did you really like ask yourself, "Who am I?" I think I've been asking that question most of my life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about the first time? The first time where it was so like the picture click. that flashed into my mind just yeah. then was when I was probably about six or seven. Damn, okay. I've always had this, and I mean it as, as, is, what am I here for? What, so those questions, what's this all about? Like, what am I, what, what is this? I think, as I said to Brett earlier, with my upbringing, um, My father was an alcoholic, yeah. a very violent man. Um, and I question, again, as I said, we used to go to Sunday school, so you kind of had this idea, and I knew there was a book called John that's very key in my life. Yeah. I always wanted to know what this book John was. But I think that I always just had that question, what am I doing here? And it wasn't until probably 18, 19 years of age where, when I was born again, when I gave my heart to the Lord, that I started to see. So there was a period of time in my life between 10 and 14 where I used to see things. I used to hear voices. Now it's pretty risky saying this kind of stuff because people think you've got a mental health problem. Yeah, And yeah. people did. I, I, my dad was a builder, so I used to go to work with him on a weekend, and I fell off. I fell off a factory roof onto a pile of bricks. Had concussion, broke my arm, all kinds of stuff. But after that, I used to have blackouts as well. But I used to hear voices. So, uh, if I was in a quiet place, you know, when you're trying to tune a radio in, and yeah. and you can just hear the, it kind of. I could be sitting, and it would be like I could hear radio frequencies. Mm. Now, my mum and dad had my head x-rayed, I went to mental health, I went to psychiatrist. So I went through a period of my, where I'd learned, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, because you mm. get treated like you're, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And for me it was real. Mm. 
I would be sitting in the lounge room and I could say, there's going to be an accident on the corner and someone's going to get hurt. And within a period of short period of time, where we lived in Melbourne, there'd be screech of brakes, bang. And so I know I, that happened two or three times. Mm. And when my dad's father passed away, I woke up in the early hours of the morning and he was standing at the end of my bed. And I came down, I was probably only about, again, five or six years of age. And I remember saying to mum and dad, oh, grandpa's standing at the end of my bed. Now my dad just launched into a tirade because I didn't know, but he'd just passed away. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And so I learned then at, in an early age to not say anything mm. because you got into trouble for it and people thought you were crazy. So when I was born again at 19, 20, uh, Possible Salisbury, which I was just sharing a little bit before about, he said to me, you've got the gift of prophecy. And I'm like, huh? So it wasn't until I started studying the Bible and started realizing that all the kings had a prophet. Yeah, and they were yeah. seers. They mm. saw things. They heard things. So, now, Daniel, so you've yeah. got to discern whether you're hearing the voice of the Lord, and you only know that because if you know the word. So that's yeah. what put me into that whole thing. So I've always had this question. I've always known this, like a dark side and a light side. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so, yeah. That that gift. Do you still have that gift now, prophecy, or is it something you've suppressed or ignored uh, no, over the years? Uh, now. As the Lord, as 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 the Spirit flows, yes, it comes. Mm, that's interesting. It's well, not something powerful. you can just turn on and. It's not, no, it just comes no. when it comes. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had a, a good friend of mine. I used to work with as a personal trainer. She used to get dreams, mm. and these dreams would actually come true. Yes. So um, she had a dream that her brother was stabbed in this alleyway, mm. and it was the alleyway that she recognised because it's the alleyway on the way to their workshop where they have a, a job yes. where they work there, and she called him up and said, "Don't go to work." Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't go to work for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And his friend, going to work, co-worker, got stabbed in the same alleyway. Oh, that's um, crazy. Yeah. It, it, that's legit. See, and crazy. she didn't want to do it. She yeah. just started to suppress that. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to yeah. know it anymore. I don't yeah. want to get this, these gifts. And she suppressed it so much, it doesn't, doesn't happen yeah. anymore. But it's a There it's a is thing. a spiritual dimension to life. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. You've just got to make sure what side of that dimension you're on yeah that's, that's very true because yeah. once you start dabbling into the spiritual realm um yeah there's good and there's evil and yeah. we know who is the deceiver and so you, you want to open a door you can't close again exactly yeah you yeah. want to know that you've got the lord on your side for me personally that's you know that's why the scripture is so mm, important and yeah. knowing it and <clears throat> You know, we'll we'll be learning until the day we go home uh, to be with the Lord. Mm. Um, all that's available to us. Uh, are yeah. there any premonitions or prophecies you're feeling or sensing now for our, our near future, or anything that sort of you want to share with the world? I could. Yeah. <laughs> again. Um, so, again, maybe six, eight weeks ago, I woke up in the morning and I said to my wife, sweetheart. There's going to be fighting in the streets. There's going to be soldiers in the streets. And uh, I don't think it's going to be here, but it's going to be over east. And oh, well, yeah. Within, yeah. yeah. So, again, right is that because yeah, I'd right read here, stuff? Yeah. And uh, again, you know, look, uh, we read, we, we analyze, we can join the dots together, and we can get a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you go to sleep and your subconscious then works on that, and it gives you a potential outcome. Yeah. Um, there was a 
time, I wish my wife was here actually because she could tell you, there was, um, back when they were voting for the abortion bill. Yeah, yeah. I said to my wife, I said, sweetheart, I've just got the, the, the song um, Amazing Grace. I said, I just, I have this vision. Again, I shut my eyes because I see it. I have this vision. If we all just sang Amazing Grace, if every Christian in every city and every town simultaneously was able to walk out into the street and just sing Amazing Grace, mm. the media would be, what's going on? And when they come to interview, we're to say nothing. We're not to say a thing. Mm. But the words from that, and it was only days later in Sydney, there was a group of women marching, singing Amazing Grace. Oh, wow. Very tuned, very so tuned. Yeah. There's, yeah, and I and I and again, and I'm not saying I'm a you know hold the office of a prophet or anything, but I know that we're all meant to prophesy. So we all mm. have the the ability if if we are <clears throat> you know believing and 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 listening, then I think that we all get those unctions from unctions from the spirit. Saint Paul yeah. said that himself. He said that mm. you know. The, People have different gifts, the gifts of spirit, the gifts of prophecy, the gift of healing. That's Everyone's right. got their own gift. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, if, if we're aligned and have a relationship with God, then those gifts will heighten and strengthen yeah. as we use them and as yeah. we acknowledge them. Because yeah. a lot of people just suppress them or That's don't want don't to go there well, or don't want to talk about If you're raised in a family that doesn't know God yeah. and, and your parents can't distinguish the gift that you've been born with, mm. then we never get, it never gets developed. That's true. Yeah. And so it sits dormant. I believe this is just my it sits dormant waiting for the opportune time and um, that means that someone's got to come across your path mm. and introduce you to the Lord so that it wakes up that opportunity that spirit that's within you and you give your heart to the Lord now you can start to learn and start to develop and start to grow mm. because I believe every one of us has a gift yeah um, but we don't use it for our own gain, we use it to serve. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. Do you, do you think kind of like that experience where your parents never really were close to God, but let's say you were, that experience would bring you closer to God a little bit later because you know what it's like not to experience yeah. alignment with God. Yeah. So when you do get the opportunity or you meet that one person, it's like, oh, okay, wow. This is totally different. So yes. this is what it truly means to be aligned with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I feel like even those little things like happen for a reason. Like it's even your, even if your parents weren't really particularly connected to God, when you get to a point when you are connected to God or you do, do develop that connection, it's more more powerful because you have something to compare it to. Not yes. that you should have, yeah. have something yeah. to compare it to, yeah. Yeah. but you have the experience of not being connected to God yeah, yeah. You, you can contrast it very clearly, clearly yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and you know the the beautiful thing my parents now are 91 years of age yeah and in the last 18 months I've had the honor of having both of them come and live with my wife and I oh wow and I've led both mum and dad to the Lord they were in their little walkers coming to church on Sunday and they were welcoming people in and so to see the transformation 
from where they what they've come through in their 90 years mm. and you know go back 90 years there were psychologists and you know the, they had the changes that they've seen but to give their heart to the Lord and my father and I have had the most deepest sincere honest conversations where dad has broken down and said son I'm so sorry yeah mm-hmm. and I've gone dad I you know I just love you and so I've learned that no matter what I don't condone what he did but he did what he did because that's all he knew what to do yeah because yeah. of when you look at his upbringing um, and he was treated worse than he treated me so yeah. it doesn't excuse it or justify it but it it gives you an understanding and first seek understanding and and forgiveness and it's um so i know now for me what i want is that my mum and dad at least when they do go which is probably not far down the track um that they will go and they'll be with with jesus and i will see them again in Mm. the new world you know yeah definitely yeah what a beautiful gift to be able to give to your parents parents, yeah yeah so given that we're all in the ministry of reconciliation Mm. yeah that's one of our tasks yeah it's not to hold on to things that have been done to us although tragic things do get done to people by the ones that they love and it's it's horrible that that happens yet if we can learn and get so how did how did the way i was raised how did that shape my life because i am today who i am out of that experience Mm. now you don't want to that experience to be forced on people or for everyone to have it yet for me to be able to see the value the life that I've shaped the Lord has helped me shape means I can be grateful for those experiences even though they weren't pleasant yeah yeah mm. because I am who I am today out of it that's true Does that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah so one of the things again it comes back to counseling and psychology um, and if I'm talking too much, say so. There's a really great concept around forgiveness. Yeah. When people have suffered, and, I, and people suffer tragically, mm-hmm. um, if I was to say, for example, that I have a case here and it's got a million dollars in it, mm. no strings, no, no attachments, yeah. Here's the million bucks. Thank you. Will you forgive me for giving it to you? I think I can do that. <laughs> but how does that feel when I ask you to forgive me? It kind of feels like this is going to ruin your life. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Okay. As if you think I'm going to go and do cocaine for the next three weeks straight. Yeah. <laughs> you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But when you give, now, if you imagine you already yeah. have the million bucks. And I become your friend, mm. deceive you, steal the money, hoof off, and you realise later that I've taken it mm. and I disappear. How do you feel? Oh, you feel pretty terrible, yeah. yeah. It'd, be a, it'd be a huge yeah. ego death, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And then sometime later, I become remorseful, get a, a, you know, a dose of the guilts. The money's gone, mm. but I come back to you and I say, look, I took the money and I'm really sorry, will you forgive me? How are you going to feel? It will, uh, 
me personally, I could probably find a way to forgive yeah. due, due to the knowledge that I've got and knowing that Tony Robbins said this in one of his mm. shows that life isn't happening t- to you, it's happening for you. For you, yeah. So yeah. there could be a lesson in that you need to weed out. But in my earlier days, I may, when I get into a bit of a scuffle, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, know, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the point that I'm making <laughs> is that when you lose something, mm. when it's taken from you, and when people are abused in any way, shape or form in their life, something's taken from them. Mm or they don't get the love and the nurturing that, that, they, that they need, mm. then they've, something's been taken from them. And it's hard, it's, it's hard yeah. to forgive because it's like, you know, well, I've, I've lost. So even though we know it's, that it's, it's the right thing to do, it says, you know, forgive your brother, so how do how you expect God to forgive you if you don't forgive? Mm. So we know it's the right thing to do, but there's still that, thing in there Mm. however if I was to bring the million dollars back and say to you I'm really sorry I took it I've had it under the bed for all these years I haven't done anything with it but here Mm. it is back again would you forgive me which what would you you probably would forgive them yeah yeah You'd be happy to see that money again yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) because you got the value back Mm. so what my point is that for us to forgive, we need to learn the lesson and get value from the experience. Okay, yeah. That then allows us to forgive because we can see that, well, even though it was horrible, even though it was, like I wouldn't want it on my worst enemy, um, well, it's made me who I am and I've, and I've grown to be, come who I am. So in a way, I thank you for it. Mm. And there's a process that we do, that I do, in taking people through trauma, mm. where we get to actually do that. And they come out f- from the process with, well, they're completely free from it mm. because they've got more value out of it than what they've believed it's cost them. Yeah. So you yeah. go from being a victim to being a victor. Yeah. Mm. And the circumstance hasn't changed, it's still, it happened, it happened in the, and you don't condone it, you don't, but now they can talk about it because there's no grief and loss attached to it. Mm. Yeah. They've, healed that, they've healed that piece of themselves. Yeah, it's an amazing process. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's triumph through trauma, is that the company? I do part yeah. of that, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. So where can people find you? They want to? Uh, oh, it's on, online, triumph, yeah. triumph over trauma. Triumph.com.au. Yeah. Triumph yeah. 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 I have, have one more question. Yes. I have one oh, more yeah. question. So, in regards to forgiving others, I know you can forgive someone, but do you believe that part of that f- process of forgiveness is about forgiving yourself? Look, I think it's a great question. It yeah. really is. So, if we were to sit here and do an inventory and be honest, yeah, and write down on one side of a column all the things that people have done to us, yeah. And then on the other column, all the things, if we're willing to be ruthlessly honest, that I know I've done or said to other people, uh, you'll find that the scales would balance out pretty much in, you may have done more than what's it's happened to you. you. Yeah, but yeah. You see, we don't own that. We don't, we don't admit that. We don't talk about that. Yeah. All we talk about is what's been done to us. Now, hurting people, hurt people, you guys know that 
that mm. phrase. So for me, it is about, yes, forgiving others, yet the most important part is, and I think it's the part where a lot of us, including myself, has struggled over the years, is forgiving myself. So that's the guilt, the shame, and the blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we put a mask on, we hide it, and we start to live the lie that the mask represents because we don't want to look at the shame or the blame or the regret. And if we don't, it ends up becoming resentment. And we can mm. resent ourselves and resent others. And that's when things really start to turn sour if we start living a life of resentment. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But we do it nicely because <laughs> we still want people to like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the areas that I work in mainly is helping people to uncover. Mm. And I have it, uncover and then discover and then work through and recover. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. That's powerful. Do you have yeah. any advice to people that are obviously trying to get through trauma and also trying to get a little bit more clarity, but also to find why they're here for, what their purpose is. Any advice in that sort of ground? If they're believers? Uh, um, believers non or non-believers. Or non-believers. Yeah. We can do both if you want, part A and part B. There's probably a couple of different things that you can do, but one of them is if you were to just spend some time, again, reflecting on your own life, mm. what's something that brings joy and happiness and excitement and you just love doing it mm. well have a look at that like some people just love admin I, I just don't get it yeah <laughs> like yeah put my wife in an office that's mm. a mess and within a day she'd have everything filed labeled you know categorized mm. in order and, sh and she's got it all handled yeah. and I'm like come and work for me <laughs> so I do believe that the people have got natural talent, mm. skill and ability that then if you can identify that, it's like when I just asked uh, Ryan before, what would you rather do, work with people or do the office work? It's yeah. like, oh, give me people. people. Yeah, yeah. So great. I, I, there's something, cognitive behavioral therapy, which yeah, is a, yeah. it's the most common thing used. Mm. Um, one of the things I love is positive psychology. So positive uh, psych takes cognitive behavioral therapy. So CBT looks at the problem, looks at what are, your th what are your pattern of thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that feed the behavior that becomes a problem. So if we can resolve all of that, and it's kind of like in, in positive psych, they show this diagram. If, if this line here in the middle represents zero, ground zero, and if you've got problems in your life, it goes down to minus five. So when you come to counselling or psychology, we're looking at the problem, we're analysing the problem, we're looking at the thoughts, the beliefs, the emotions and the behaviours. And if we can modify those, reframe them and get you back to zero, you're well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you're only back to zero. Yeah, that's true. So if we were to look at in all of your life, no matter what the problem, no matter what you've done, what you've said, what's, what's the positive things you've done? Well, you were born. So you, you managed to be the one sperm that made it to the egg. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You made it through, you know, childhood. You got your first grade, you know, second, third school. You so you look at your accomplishments and your achievements, and you get those strengths, mm. and then you go, okay. So how are these problems that you got holding you back from really excelling in those strengths? Mm. And let's focus on the strengths. Still, you don't ignore the problem because that's how you're sabotaging yourself from actually being your tr full true potential. Mm. And so for me, when I'm working with people on that model, is I really love to work on people's strengths and get them to make an inventory of what you've accomplished in your life. Because we don't ever sit down and even talk to one another and say, so what have you accomplished today? What did you overcome? What did you achieve? Today? Yeah. I would say um, bringing this together. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> awesome. And you focus on that. So what did it take? And you break that down to the, the things that you managed to, in the stress of the day and everything else, you managed mm. to pull it all together and we got here, you know, 5.30 and started. But it's like just being able to then go back over your life and look at the strengths. So build and focus on strengths. Don't ignore the problem because they're going to trip you up all the time. But let's not just focus on the problem, solve it and get you back to ground zero. Mm. We want to get you to plus five or plus ten. Mm. And that way, even if the problems are subconscious, they're not going to happen as frequently because, man, you're creating a life that you're a winner. You're somewhere that's going to happen, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an incurable optimist. <laughs> right. That's beautiful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 So I hope you know, people who are listening get value out of whatever mm. I've shared. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot of value there. Yeah. Even though yeah. I was only able to happen for like half of it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, that was brilliant, man. Yeah. I, th I thank you for your time. No, yeah. no, no, that's well, great. Thank, thank you so much. It's really, no, no, it's, it's really yeah. my it's pleasure. pleasure to have you. So we do. We just come in close. And we get. A, I'm gonna get a screenshot for the thing. So we just kind of do taking a photo. <laughs> Coming in. Yeah, that's it. One, two, three. Beautiful. That'll do it. Good. That'll do it. Great, great mate. Yeah. Edit all that, and it'll all make sense. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. be ready. By, um, <laughs> So your weekend, your weekend's taken with that. That's actually pretty easy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally just going through, making sure. Is there anything that was said today you don't want out? There? Um, <coughs> no. I'm look. I really don't care what people think. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And if they come after me, then great. That's another adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, I am a rebel. I, yeah. you know, I, I, I like to poke the tiger. Um. Yeah, because I want to see what's behind it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see a conversation between you and Jordan. It should be Jordan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, yeah. He's a young guy. He's a, is it Pentecostal Christian? Yeah. Is he um, Pentecostal church? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Church, he's yeah. taking turns and like coming up and doing sermons. Like, he's yes. a young yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 24. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite awesome. Quite well. yeah. yeah. We were chatting with him and we were talking about the Dark Ages and the Catholic Church and all of that Christianity yes, yes. coming up and you for about three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah wow. Just kept going. Wow. Around. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting. When you go and you, and you so do three years at Bible college, you know, advanced diploma, having the piece of paper that says you're going to, doesn't mean anything. It's how much of the word have you retained? Yeah. I often say to people, you're better off reading one chapter all year than trying to read the whole book and, and remember nothing. That's yeah. true, yeah. So just, you know, just, Open it up and take a dive. Mm. Pray, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Just read the book of Ephesians. Just read it and read it and read it and read it. Mm. 
and then when you've had enough, go to Galatians or go to you know Colossians or read those yeah. those books. Well, what are your thoughts on the Book of Revelation? Uh, I really don't know enough to make any comment at all, um, and I know it's a hot topic at the moment. Yes. And there's a lot of people out there. Are you pre-millennial? Are you millennial? Are you post-millennial? And I go, all I know is Jesus is coming back, and are you saved? So that's my default yeah, position yeah. now is yeah. I don't know about that. All I know is, are you saved? Mm, if yeah. not, do you want to get saved? And if you don't, well, here's my number. Give me a call when you're ready. You know, yeah. Because that's what we're meant to do is take the word out to the ends of the earth mm. and give people the opportunity. You know, we're anointed um, to give sight to the blind, heal the brokenhearted, set captives free, and preach the word. Mm. So wherever we get the opportunity to, in the appropriate way, especially in this culture and time, is introduce people to hope. Mm, and yeah. I think instead of talking Bible and scripture and Jesus and all of that, it's just, I often ask people, so have you, have you lost hope? Mm. And that's a great entry. Great question too, actually. Yeah. yeah. So in these times, like, how you feel? The other thing, and I know we haven't talked about this. Um, so what I've been researching over the last, I don't know, month or so, because I started going through it, I noticed that I was demonstrating symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Yeah. But I don't have any. I'm not post anything. So when I was doing the uh, mental health first aid certificate, which I recommend everyone go and do, just mm. for their own benefit and for being able to ask that question, are you okay and know what to do? Yeah. Um, there is such a thing as pre-traumatic stress syndrome. So back in the uh, Gulf, in, in the um, in the uh, the war, Afghanistan. There's a group of Danish soldiers, so they're all trained to go to war. They all know what their role is, what their uh, job is, and where they're heading to. So they developed um, an inventory, a questionnaire, to survey what their um, thoughts and feelings were prior to going. And so there's already a post-traumatic stress syndrome survey questionnaire uh, that they do. So they adapted it from that. And what they found, and this is what ties into now climate change and to the vaccine, is when you know that there is a potential danger, especially when the media is just hammer and tongs, loading, downloading fear, that the world's going to come to an end, the oceans are going to flood and people are going to lose their lives and we're all going to burn and forests are going to die. You know, when all of that drama and catastrophe is shoved down your throat, people develop a fear mm. and an apprehension to even... Like there's even now, young people have already said, oh, oh, we're not having children, I'm not bringing children into the world. Mm. No, because it's, it's just going to be all over. So they've already been affected by the climate story. Demoralized. To, Demoralized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to stop. So with pre-traumatic stress, if you were to say, no, I'm, I don't want to get the vaccination, I, I'm, I believe in free choice, and then someone pays out on you and criticizes you and runs you down, and mm -hmm. so now you're being abused, 
So you back off even further. And what we're finding is that people are not speaking up. And I'm seeing people coming to see me now, not for stress and anxiety over something that's happened, but stress and anxiety over, I can't make a decision, I don't know what to do, mm. because I'm frightened of what may happen. Yeah. So they're exhibiting the same symptoms as post-traumatic stress, as pre-traumatic stress. They imagine, like, because they read and they hear that maybe I'm going to get Bell's palsy, maybe I'm going to get clots. Mm. So they have a real, and it's a legitimate concern. But how do you deal with that? That's true. And that's where Christ comes in. Mm. That's true, yeah. That's right, yeah. I, I always come back to when I'm hearing these stories, it's like, it's a well-known thing that to control people, fear is a good, a good means of control. Divide know? and conquer and fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Get us arguing against one another. See, I believe this with the church as a whole. Mm. We've got all these denominations with different doctrines and people will fight over whether you should be baptised or not. Ah, guys, in the scheme of things, does it really matter? Mm. Because it's just bogging us down and keeping us apart. That's yeah. true. Separation. Now, if I get baptised and you don't, and the final day comes and we're there before the judgment seat, is God going to go, ah, no, you didn't get washed? You didn't have water sprinkled. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like, is, can you hang life in the balance of whether you, and I'm just picking that as a, a simple thing, yeah. it, it, does, does life hinge on that, you know? Speaking in tongues, mm. oh, you speak in tongues, you must be you're full of evil. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. When I was in Malvern, first time I had a hand laid on my head and they prayed and I gave my heart to the Lord, I could hear what I thought were like Chinese Asian voices, but then I realized that it was me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. It just came out of me. You were speaking in tongues. Yeah. yeah, and it was... It was, it was is, it, is it like rhythmical or just sort of noise? Yeah, or? just noise. And it was, it, w it was definitely coming out of me. Do you think that was like a, a purging? Maybe there could have been some kind of I don't know. spiritual force all or dark? I, all I know is that when you receive the Holy Spirit, like in the upper room, the flame came and danced on their head and they all spoke in other tongues and people out there thought that they were drunk. Oh, wow. In the book of Acts, it, it says, about that. yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah, anyway. It's interesting, yeah, it's interesting, interesting yeah. stuff. That was a good little, uh, thank you, thank you, a good thank little you. outro, yeah, yeah. turn the mic back on. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> I 